part eight. It is Tuesday, January 3rd, and I am back at the foundation. Linda Goldman, JD, got my official clearance from HR. Her last words to me were, You're good to go, Harold. But Jesus, no more lists. My first day back is not what I expected. I reach my desk at 8.54, and there is a red helium balloon floating above my desk. On my chair is a large stack of invoices and a bottle wrapped in gold foil. The invoices have a yellow sticky note on top that says, Welcome back. The bottle comes with a small square card that says, With respect, David. David Bukowski. I'll have to tell Elga. I am confused by the balloon and push it aside for now. I place the invoices in the invoices box and sit down. The chair is lower than I am used to. The temp must have adjusted it while I was out. There is a yellow sticky note on my keyboard that says, New password, temp1. I will change it to something innocuous when I log in. I hear footsteps approach and it is Gene, the CFO. Good to see you, Harold. As you can see, we missed you. She waves at the invoices and eyes the balloon, the bottle, and then the balloon again. Who's that from? I think David Bukowski. Jean's mouth twists into a smile. Well, that was nice of David. Like I said, we missed you. We had a temp in your place, but she was dumb as a rock. She eyes the plastic bag that I use for a briefcase, and I push it under my desk. Well, okay, Harold, I'll let you get settled. But stop by and see Mr. Thompson, please. Let him know you're here. She starts to turn away, but stops. Oh, and you'll be happy to know that we have a new controller starting tomorrow. He's perfect. Exactly what we need. I trust you'll work well together. I feel myself turn red. Gene smirks and walks away. I turn on my computer and adjust my chair back to its old height. I will have to find Helga at lunch. It is 9.23 and I walk to the end of the hall on the fourth floor. Mr. Thompson is expecting me and greets me at the door. Hello, Harold. Happy New Year. Please come in. I hand him the green folder with my anger management certificate of completion. He opens it, nods, and places it on his desk. Thank you, Harold. That's good. Please sit down. I take the chair closest to the door. Mr. Thompson sits behind his desk and makes a tent with his fingers. He considers me for a moment and then clears his throat. Well, Harold, I have to say this is awkward. I'll get right to the point. I wait for him to continue. I want to say that I'm relieved that you were cleared of the incident. We at the Foundation are all relieved. I feel myself start to laugh, but I stop. Thanks. And I would like to put the past behind us and move on. But I need assurance from you that you will keep your behavior in check. Yes. I feel a laugh forming again. I shift in my seat and disguise it as a cough. Good. Thank you. Did you find Miss Phelps' sessions helpful? Yes, she told me to keep writing in my hostility log. That's good advice. Miss Phelps has helped a number of people at the Foundation. I wonder briefly how many people from the Foundation have been sentenced to anger management sessions. Also, I wanted to tell you that we have a new controller starting tomorrow. 
I think you will find him more uh, flexible than Serena. Yes, Jean told me. I am curious now and wonder if it is the same person that Helga met. Well, that's all, Harold. Good luck, and I hope not to see you down here again. I mumble thank you and walk back upstairs to my desk. It is 9.49 and time to start tackling the invoices. It is exactly noon when Helga stops by for lunch. Welcome back, Harold. Well, this is nice. She pulls the string on the red balloon and releases it, causing it to bounce against the ceiling. That's funny. Is that the balloon from It? Oh, I didn't think of that. Probably. I feel myself grin. Benny Wise's balloon. Who's it from? And what's this? She picks up the bottle wrapped in foil and reads the card. David? David Bukowski? He actually bought you scotch? Her eyes narrow into slits. Uh, I think so, uh, yes. She rolls her eyes and puts down the bottle. Oh, whatever. As long as you didn't charge it to a grant. You ready to go? Yes. I grab my plastic bag briefcase and my coat. Where are we going? It's really cold out. Let's just go to the cafe on first. Okay, sure. I put back my coat and we ring for the elevator. Cafe on first is the foundation's cafeteria. It's actually called Cafe on Fifth for Fifth Avenue, but everybody calls it Cafe on First because it's on the first floor. I told Serena once that it should be called the Ubit Cafe for unrelated business income tax. She responded with a strange grunting noise that might have been a laugh. The elevator arrives at 12.07. Hello, Walter. He lets us in and I remember his story from group. Hold anyone in between floors lately? What's that? But I detect a hint of a smile. Helga smiles too. Thanks, Walter. See you later. He lets us off at the lobby. There is a small line at Cafe on First. Stephanie, the intern, is at the end of the line, and she startles when she sees me. Hello, Stephanie. I'm back. I feel a grin creep across my face. Um, hi. Welcome back. She looks to Helga for reassurance, and Helga laughs. It's fine, Stephanie. He doesn't bite. What do they have today? Salisbury steak and mac and cheese? But the line is slow. I think I'm going to go back upstairs. Stephanie makes her exit, and Helga and I laugh. I guess you're still scary, Harold. At least the line is shorter. We pay for our food and find a table by the window. David Bukowski spots us from across the room and raises his fist in the air. I'm not sure what to do, so I wave back awkwardly. Helga rolls her eyes and sits down. So, how's your first day back? It's fine, I guess. A lot to catch up on. I'm sure. And just in time for the clothes. The mac and cheese is hot and it burns my mouth. I take a drink of water and crunch the ice. I had to check in with Mr. Thompson. He told me to behave. That moron. What did you say? I said I would. He also told me that the new controller is starting tomorrow. Is that the same one you met? Helga rolls her eyes again. It is. God knows why. I can barely remember him. He was so bland. 
But Jean says he's perfect. She told me that too. So, he's perfect. What do I know? I've only been doing this for 22 years. I'll tell you one thing, though. You better keep your hostility log. I feel a surge of annoyance. I break off a piece of Salisbury steak with my fork and twirl it in a mac and cheese sauce. The gravy turns light tan as it mixes with the cheese. I've had six bosses at the Foundation. This'll be seven. And they keep getting worse. Helga grins. Maybe it's you, Harold. You scared them all away. I look down and feel myself smirk. That's not true. Merle liked me, but she was the only good one. Helga chews her food and considers this. Which one was Merle again? Did I know her? She hired me. She was here for 14 years. She left six years ago. That's right when I started. Why did she leave? If you ask me, she didn't want to work for Jean. That's when Jean came, too. Huh. Helga wipes her mouth with the napkin. I don't think I knew Merle. I remember Kurt. I think he was here when I started. Kurt, yes. Very intense. He was smart, though. Jean liked him. Yes, but I stayed away from him. I used to hear him talking to himself in his office, saying, Okay, Kurt, breathe. He's limited. Just rise above. Weird. Who was he talking about? I assumed it was me. <laughs> Sorry, Harold. Helga laughs for a while and takes a drink of water. I wait patiently until she finishes. And then there was a string of Gringotts trolls. What were their names? One was Dom, but Jean called him Dumb. As his name. He didn't last long. Jeez. Was he the one who wouldn't stop talking? No, that was Stuart. He was awful. I used to avoid going into his office because I knew I'd be stuck for hours. I started wearing headphones at my desk so he wouldn't try to talk to me. I think I remember that. I, I remember seeing you in headphones, but I didn't know why. Did it work? No. Helga laughed some more. And then came Serena? No, first there was Matthew, who lasted about a month. Gene said he didn't respect women, which means he didn't respect Gene. And then came Serena. Helga shakes her head and places her napkin on the tray. I don't know, Harold. You'd think they could find someone better. What time is it? 12.54. Uh, I guess we should go. But how are things otherwise? Any more hits on your video? I feel myself brighten. 1,407 hits. It started to slow down, though. Helga beams. Harold, that's fantastic. What a trip. How long are you going to leave the lights up? I'll take them down after the epiphany. The 6th is Friday, so I'll do it this weekend if the weather holds up. We bust our trays and walk back to the elevator. I ring twice for Walter and pull up to NYC weather on my smartphone. Saturday looks clear so far. I scroll through the five-day forecast and try not to think about boss number seven. The new controller is bald and boring. His name is Boris, but I call him Boar. I first met Boar at 10.18 this morning. Gene walked him in with an exaggerated smile and said, Boris, this is Harold. He said, uh, Good to meet you, Harry. Eyeing my balloon. Then he went into his office and closed the door. He hasn't come out since.
It is now 1.03. I shout through Boar's door that I am going to lunch, but he doesn't respond. I start to wonder if he is still there, but then I hear him laughing through the door. Boar's laugh does not sound like a real laugh. It sounds like he's saying the word heh over and over and over again. He must be on the phone. I consider knocking, but instead I leave a yellow sticky note on his door that says, Gone to lunch, 104. It's Wednesday, so I gather up my newspapers and a bag of cheddar cheese combos that I brought from home and head to the break room. I read quietly until 2.03. I return to my desk at 2.04 and my yellow sticky note is still on Boar's door. I peel it off and throw it in the garbage. Then I stand with my ear to the door and listen for sounds of movement. My ear is still against the door when Jean comes in. Afternoon, Harold. How's it going? She eyes me and the door, and I feel myself turning red. Looking for Boris? Uh, yes, I just got back from lunch. Jean looks amused and opens Boar's door. Boar is on his cell phone texting. He looks up, startled. I step back and make room for Jean to enter the office. Hello, Boris. Just checking in. She eyes the cell phone, but doesn't mention it. Is Harold keeping you on your toes? <laughs> we have a call with our auditors tomorrow, and I'd like you to join. We also got our audit request list. Here, take a look. She hands Boar the prepared by client list. He looks it over and nods. This looks standard. Good. I'll leave you to it. And Harold is our audit veteran. He can help you find whatever you need. Isn't that right, Harold? Yep. Boar's cell phone chimes and he starts to turn pink. Also, Boris, I'm meeting with each department head to review their approved budgets for the new year. I would like you to attend those meetings. It will be a good introduction. Sounds good. Boar's phone chimes again, and Jean's face forms a glorious smirk. But all she says is, Thank you, gentlemen. And walks out. Boar and I look at each other awkwardly. I finally say, Can I see the PBC list? Boar clears his throat. Sure, here. I make a copy and hand him back the original. Uh, thanks, Harry. I'll let you know if I need anything. It's Harold, actually. Thanks, Harold. Can you please close the door? I pull the door shut and return to my seat. It is 2.23, and I wonder if he has done any work today. I consider asking, but instead I write Harold in large letters on a yellow sticky note and tape it to my computer screen. Then I start to work on the PBC list. At 3.07, Helga stops by. She looks around and whispers loudly, So? How's the new boss? I respond in a normal tone. I don't know. He's been in there all day. I point to the closed door. Really? What's he doing? Not sure, but Jean caught him texting. Twice. Ha <laughs> Then she catches herself and starts whispering again. I'm going to introduce myself. What's his name again? Boar. Short for Boris. Helga looks at me quizzically and knocks on Boar's door. He tells her to come in. Hi, Boar. I'm Helga. I met you at the interview. I just wanted to stop by and say hello. 
Boss stands up and shakes Helga's hand. Helga, yes, of course. Boris. Huh? Please call me Boris. Oh, sorry. Helga gives me a sidelong glance and I feel myself grin. Well, welcome, and just in time for the close. I do the federal grants, so I'm sure we'll be talking soon. Yes, I remember. Well, good luck settling in. Do you want this closed? Yes, please. Helga closes his door, then she turns and swats me on the back of the head. You're bad, Harold. But I see her grin. Then she says in a normal voice, Lunch tomorrow? Absolutely. I work steadily until 4.57. Then I turn off my computer, retie the handles of my plastic bag briefcase, and put on my coat. At 4.59, I wave goodnight to the closed door and think about lunch tomorrow. It is Boar's second day, 9.19. My train was delayed this morning due to signal problems at Queensboro Plaza. I am prepared to explain my lateness to Boar, but when I arrive at my desk, his door is already closed. I log onto my computer and resume working on the audit request list. He opens his door at 10.22. Uh, Harold, can you come in please? He doesn't mention my lateness, and I wonder if he noticed. I enter his office and sit at the chair closest to the door. So, um, I'm meeting with Gene and the auditors today, and I wanted to go over the prepare-by-client list. Okay. So, uh, I guess you've been through some audits before? Yes. I hand him a binder which contains all of the documents requested from page one of the list. He turned slightly pink. Oh, uh, is this everything? No, just the organizational documents and board minutes. We need to close October, November, and December before I can do the rest. October and November aren't closed yet? Nope. I was out, and the controller was dead. He looks down, and I examine the details of his comb-over. He clears his throat and looks back up again. So when will those months be closed? For October and November, I just need the bank reconciliations. At the end of each month, we reconcile our bank statements to the accounting records. This is a standard control to make sure that we have recorded all of our expenses and that all cash is accounted for. And when will you have those? As soon as you finish them. Excuse me? Bob blinks dully like a sheep. You need to give me the bank recs for October and November. Then I can close the months. Why am I doing the bank recs? Serena always did them. But why? I feel myself bristle. Because I cut the checks. Separation of duties. In any accounting office, the person who records expenses and prints checks should not be the same person who reconciles the bank accounts. This is another control to prevent theft. If I decide to take cash or write checks to myself, Bohr would see this when he reconciles the bank statement. Well, to keep things moving, I would like you to do the reconciliations for October, November, and December. You weren't here for that period, so there's no internal control issue. I was here in October. I addressed this to his comb-over. Bohr tries to make eye contact, but I shift my gaze slightly to the left. I'd like you to do all three. I'll sign off when you're done. I roll my eyes in protest just as Gene walks in. 
Morning, morning. What's wrong, Harold? He wants me to do the bank racks. Is that a problem? Not for me. It could be for you if I decide to start stealing. Jean looks confused at first, then she laughs. Boar joins in, saying, Heh, 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 heh. Well, excuse us, Harold. Boris and I have a call with the auditors now. We'll brief you later. Jean and Boar walk out. I sigh loudly to the empty room and take the folder of bank reconciliations back to my desk. It's been years since I've done a bank reconciliation. I've decided to avoid it for as long as I can by completing every other task on my list for the day, including number four, lunch with Helga. At 12.53, I put on my coat and walk downstairs to the lobby. Helga arrives at 101, grinning. So, poor is it? I feel myself smirk. He started it. He called me Harry. That jerk. Where do you want to go? I don't know, uh, Sun Deli? The Sun Deli is a storefront bodega on 105th in Madison. I like their cheese fries and hot buffet, but Helga makes a face. Nah, let's sit down somewhere. How about the museum? The Museum del Barrio is on 104th and 5th. They have a cafeteria that you can go to without paying admission to the museum. It's more expensive than the Sun Deli, but I shrug and say, sure. There is a long line at the museum cafeteria. This would normally infuriate me, but today I am procrastinating, so I tolerate the wait. We finally get a seat at 127. Helga has two chicken tacos and a hot tea. I have one beef empanada and a real Mexican Coke. The Coke comes in an old-fashioned glass bottle with a metal cap. I try twisting the cap, but it doesn't budge. I pull out my jackknife and use the bottle opener. Helga eyes the bottle. That's cool, Harold. I haven't seen one like that in years. I nod and take a swig of soda. Then I put my jackknife and the bottle cap in my coat pocket. So how's it going, Harold? How was Boar's day too? I don't know. He says, uh, a lot. I feel myself grin. I am pleased that the nickname is stuck. Do you think he'll be helpful, at least, with the clothes? Not so far. He's having me do the bank racks. Serena used to do those. I feel a surge of anger and take a large bite of my empanada. So why are you doing them now? Because he's an idiot. Plus, we're behind and have to catch up for the clothes. That kind of makes sense, actually. But I'll hate him if you want me to. I do. I take another drink of Coke and let it fizz in my mouth. I know she's joking, but it still makes me happy. Well, we miss you at group. You should stop by. No thanks. I realize now that it's Thursday. Miss Phelps' session seems far away. Aw, oh, come on. I thought you liked us. It was okay, I guess. Anything new? Heather quit her job. I saw that coming. What's she doing now? She's going to work for a matchmaker named Zelda. <laughs> I snort my amusement. Seriously? Yes, seriously. She starts next week. Okay. And Robert had to attend some sort of sensitivity training at his workplace. Uh, that sounds right. 
What kind of training? It was led by social workers. He said everyone was asked to draw a picture that represented their culture. He's from Long Island, so he drew a loaf of Wonder Bread. I feel the corners of my mouth creep up. And how'd that work for him? Quite well, I'd say. He was excused from the rest of the training. I laugh and drink the last of my Coke. It is 2.09. I am late to return, but I am surprisingly unconcerned and wait for Helga to finish her tacos. I decide to keep the Coke bottle and slip it into my pocket. At 2.17, we bust our trays and slowly walk back to the office. I am back at my desk at 2.26. Boar's door is open now, but I find with relief that his office is empty. I take off my coat, check my email, and enter two new invoices that were left in the invoices box. I check my voicemail next, even though there is no blinking light which would indicate a message. I sighed loudly at 2.57. Then at 2.58, I accept my fate and open up the bank rec folder. It's a jolt to see Serena's handwriting again. I think back to the yellow sticky notes that she used to leave me, such as code to Xerox paper, not supplies, with both paper and supplies underlined three times for emphasis. I see similar notations now in the September bank statement. Several debit card transactions are circled with comments in the margins, such as need original backup and justification. She wrote squiggly question marks next to the three ATM withdrawals from September 30th, each for $100. Next to the third withdrawal, she scrawled the words, No, David. Behind the bank statement is Serena's reconciliation to the general ledger. She got it to tie, but only after including this line. Undocumented withdrawals, September, $300. I also find another page called Original documentation still needed. This appears to be a running list of debit card transactions sorted first by employee, then by date. David Bukowski has nine items totaling $6,249.43 dating back to February of last year. Mr. Thompson has three items totaling $393.12 from the last week in March. Most of the charges look like plane tickets, cabs, or restaurant meals. There's also one charge for a hotel room. I look through the folder to see if any subsequent support was provided. I don't find any, so I'll have to ask Boar. I hear Boar in the hall saying, Heh, 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 heh. His voice sounds a bit higher than before. He must be talking to Gene. Boar steps in from the hallway. He starts to go into his office, but I intercept his path. I'm doing the bank rack. Great. Thank you. There were three undocumented cash withdrawals from September, totaling $300. Excuse me? I thrust a bank statement at him. He nods and hands it back. Okay. Can you find out whose cards they are and follow up with the department? It's David Bukowski. Okay. Also, Serena had a list of transactions from prior months that she needed more backup for. Mostly traveling meals for David Bukowski and Mr. Thompson. Uh, okay. Follow up with them directly, please. I feel myself turn red. 
Serena never had me talk to the department heads. Is there a problem, Harold? I stare at the floor and mutter, no. Ball goes into his office and closes the door. I shouldn't have to do any of this. To my surprise, I take out a pad of paper and start writing. What made me angry? Boar. Why I was angry. Makes me do his job. My response, call him Boar. Was my response controlled? Yes. I cackle to myself and put the pad safely inside my plastic bag briefcase. This may be a helpful tool after all. It is 4.13. In the spirit of avoidance, I decide that I will wait until 4.56 to email the department heads. In the meantime, I search the network drive for Serena's folders to see if I can find any more information. Sure enough, I find a folder labeled Employee Debit Cards buried in the bank rack folder. And also, sure enough, the folder is encrypted. Boar should have access to her files. I consider knocking on his door, but I don't want to talk to him, so I email him instead. In the title of the email, I write, Need password for Serena's network folder. For the body of the message, I paste a screenshot of the network path. Now it's 4.51 and almost time to write the department heads. I draft two identical messages with the title, Need to talk about debit card transactions. In the body, I write, Thanks. I keep both messages open on my screen until 4.56. Then I hit send. I start to pack up for the day, but then to my surprise, I get an email back from David Bukowski. I expect it to be an out-of-office reply, but instead he has written the following. Harold, bring it on. Talk tomorrow. David.